You're listening to Future Theater Radio with Bill and Nancy Burns right here on the Dark Matter Radio Network and PSN Radio. Hi, everybody. It's January 11th, 2016, and we are your co-hosts, Bill, that's me, and Nancy. Hi, everybody. Hello. On Future Theater Live, broadcasting from the banks of Primrose Creek in beautiful downtown Solbury Village, Pennsylvania, on PSN Radio and on the Dark Matter Digital Network. And our producer is the fabulous Jacko, Angel Espino. Say hello, Angel. Hello, Bill, Nancy, and hello, audience, and hello, Angel. Hello, Angel. And our guest tonight. But wait, but wait, I haven't even told Bill. Um, I've asked Soraya to join us very early in in just a little bit, if that's okay. okay with you, because I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Number one, I like talking to Soraya, so... There's that, but it it evens the playing field. Two girls, two it guys. Do. That's, it that's what do. It do. You see that? You just have uh-huh. an ear for that. I okay? know. That. I know how it is. Yeah. I know how you think, Nancy? Oh well, then my my evil plan is exposed. But completely. But, yeah, <laughs> but um, Soraya did read. Uh, I did send her the um, congratulations must to her. Read. Oh. No, no, the must read <laughs> UFO mag article. Uh, with the co- of the cover story of Emma Woods because it's important for tonight's show. I will attach it once again to the show, or maybe I won't. Maybe I'll hold it back because I've got some big surprises coming down the pike, and this article is one of those surprises. Um, Jack Brewer, who has his own website, okay, UFO Trail. You can go there and go to Future right. Theater. Oh, oh, wait, it, it wasn't time for me to take over yet. No, we were no. still doing our wraparound. Yeah, thing. yeah, Bill, you got completely cut off. He's no, I was, I was always saying that our guest tonight is Jack Brewer, professionally who, cut who's off. Who's got um, a wonderful <laughs> UFO uh, blog website, which is linked to the Future Theater website. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Can yeah but wait, click but over wait. to Jack Brewer, right. and he has a new book that's out. UFO oh, well, that's the whole thing, and that's the thing. I here's why I want Soraya on tonight. She's got brand new eyeballs, if you will. She has read this thing for the first time. And one of the things that is very frustrating to myself, uh, to listeners like Alfred Lemberg, to listeners like Tyler Cokejohn and Jeremy Vaney and Jeff Frisman, all these people, Carol Rainey, we've been trying to get this one message out about beware of some of the people in the UFO field. Beware. Sometimes they just take your money, but many times in this case. And that's exactly and that's exactly one of the points that Jack makes in his book, and we'll talk about that tonight, that the UFO community such as it is, um, even though that there might be levels of truth about the phenomenon, nevertheless is populated by um just assorted folks who are either hoaxers, who are either government disinformation people, who are out and out frauds, or who are basically, or who are basically um, are profiting from the gullibility of uh, people who claim to have had experiences, and that's one of the thing. That's one of the points that Jack Brewer makes in his book, and mm-hmm. he makes it uh, very pointedly. 
Right, and and it's been frustrating because we all know this and we've lived with this. Uh, that article is from I think 2012. I'm trying to remember when we ran that. I'll I'll, I'll find out right now when we ran that article. Um, sorry, I might I, not. I think it goes back head. to either 2011 or 2010. Yeah. Uh, and um, yeah, so um, so so it's been a while. But Soraya like read it tonight or yesterday. So she's got questions and saying, and, and, and basically is of the mind. How can this be? And I think it's a great way for Jack to tell his story again, because every single solitary time a new person hears this show, they're going to want this background information you see. And so, um, so we're kind of, we're, we're kind of um, showcasing Jack's book tonight. And this is one of the stories in it. It's like Naked City. It's naked ufology. It's going to be great. And Actually, we, more we naked than you think. But the, yeah, we the, could do the, a show the, with Jack the, for um, each chapter. That's how rich it is. So tonight we're going to cover. Tonight we're going to cover the Jacobs chapter, quite frankly, because it's the most pressing. Well, yeah, but I want to ask Jack. I, I I want to ask Jack. One of the stories on his blog has to do with Lloyd Pye and the Star Child skull as well as um, Stephen, the skull that Stephen Greer popped up with. Uh, and so I want to talk to Jack about that, because Jack mm-hmm. has researched the researchers on the science behind these two items. Um, I, I held the Star Child skull in my own hands, so, I mean, I'm, I'm familiar with it. Um, um, I'm, I mean, when wait, you hold that skull, when wait, you wait, look wait. into the eye sockets of that skull and turn it around in your hand and actually wait. feel the bone density, it's very different from talking about it in the abstract, I can tell you that. Wait, and folks you... could see that episode on UFO Hunters. Um, were you holding the facsimile or the real skull? No, it was the real skull. I mean, Melanie Young, Melanie Young who was the caretaker... Um, Lloyd Pye was the researcher, but Melanie Young was the caretaker of the skull. Um, she brought the two skulls with her. One was the normal human skull. The other was the actual thousand-year-old star child skull. And again, folks could see that scene. They could see that segment. Uh, it was in season three of UFO Hunters. Right, right, Just right. type in star child skull on YouTube and up the episode comes. Well, speaking of which, speaking of which... Uh, in in just in just two hours, after you have fun here on this show, you're going to stay on the radio for anybody who wants to hear you, and you're going to be on with Heather in Midnight in the Desert, and that is going to in fact be live on um, Dark Matter Network. If you guys, well, you wouldn't know this. Dark Matter is not running our show live, but it this yep. show will run on Tuesday, right? Now, Sky Watchers, yep. on the other hand, is going to run what day? I uh, believe Sunday. Okay. It's a Sunday type so. of show anyway. It's like for after no, church. No After way. you go to church. <laughs> yeah, get the atheists after church. That's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, actually, that's really actually a really good idea. Go, uh, <laughs> listen to Sky Watchers instead of going to church. You'll be better <laughs> off for the experience. And so, you know, and so... Um, and it um, depends what you're watching the skies for. Correct. Indeed. Well, that's the whole thing. I saw a cartoon on the internets today where they have Christians mumbling to the to the ceiling and they're all looking up and you've got Jews mumbling to the wall and you've got um um what Muslims mumbling to the floor they have pictures of them each doing their prayer 
mo- mm. you know, modes of just atheism.com or something. Right, they, right. they put out jokes all the time. But listen, on a sad note, um, everybody is sad uh, in different degrees because of David mm. Bowie. Yep, terrible news. Yes, died yeah. of cancer Absolutely at age, six, age 69. Yeah. yeah. Have you guys gone and listened to Black Star? Well, I've listened to it many times in my life, but not today, actually. No, actually, no, no. Just, I, I heard... Just, the new album, the album that have, has it been out? It just came out a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, no, no, I know, I know, I've heard it already, but I'm saying that I haven't really had a chance to listen to any of his music today because I heard when I was at work that he had passed, and I was like shocked. Yeah, he was very sick. I mean, he'd been fighting cancer yep. for the past year and a half. So and he, he kept that a secret, too. Well, he so, did, yeah. Yep. So you, Angel, have heard the album but not realizing he was dying. That he had written it, knowing he had he that he wanted this. Re- this this would be the first thing out that people who know right, exactly like, mm-hmm. like, that was that was the part of the story of that album. It's so freaky, and so I just listened to uh, it, and it's really going to be an interesting thing to listen to. Did when you see artist- the video for Black Star? No, Did you see the, the music video. No, he looks so frail in that video. Oh my no. god. It was like, you know, when Steve Jobs was dying, there was a mm. picture that a lot of people said wasn't real, where he was kind of in a hospital gown. Right. But it could have been. It was so sad. But, hey, look, we're all rolling out. We're all on the same rolling sidewalk called time. We're all Unfortunately. on the yep. sidewalk. You know, so you can laugh at that one. You can, you know, like, like ha, ha, and then the truck gets you. So, anyway. Well, uh, David Boy was so versatile. I mean, when you look at two the Two movies that he made. Yeah. I mean, one was probably the worst movie ever made, The Man Who <laughs> Fell From Space. No, no, no. I mean, the it man, was, no, no, it, no it's not, that's not the name of it. It's the Heinlein story. Well, it was the Heinlein story, but the name of the movie was The Man Who Fell From Space. Are you sure? Okay. No, well, the Heinlein story was Stranger in a Strange Land. It's, well, it wasn't called Stranger in a Strange Land then. The movie no. wasn't, but the oh, book okay, was. Yeah. Well, and we, 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 we tried to watch it as youth. During the era, oh, it was and, so awful. You know, I don't even think we—I I, we never saw it in that era, '79 or something, right? We uh, saw it. I mean, because we were thrilled because we thought, "Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah!" It's Robert Heinlein's *Stranger in a Strange Land*, and it was—you know—the best part yeah. of the movie was *Ripped Torn*. Actually, well, we'll actually try to, maybe torn. we'll watch it again sometime. But I thought it was terrible. Yeah, we should. One second, <laughs> but not too late at night because I'll fall asleep because it is so boring. But the other one mm-hmm. he made about British soldiers in a Japanese prisoner of war camp. And I forget the title. It was Merry Christmas, yes. Mr. Something. Yes. Yes. Maybe Angel Well, he knows. was actually excellent. In Angel, that. actually, in you should probably get this movie or look at it. It's called Merry Christmas, Mr. Somebody. I can't remember the name of it. And you'll see it now probably on lists of great movies that David Bowie was in. He, it's nice. really a great movie. The Merry Christmas, Mr. Jones. Was that a time travel thing at all? No, no, no. It was, it was basically British soldiers uh, during World War II captured British soldiers in a Japanese POW camp, and it was the interaction. And 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 one of the heroes of the movie um, was this was well, was a character portrayed by Tom Conti, who had been doing research and was able to communicate with uh, with his uh, with the Japanese uh, soldiers guarding the camp, but the lieutenant who was the camp commander, was this very rigid, formal, samurai-type guy, soldier. And um, the upshot was, of course, after the war, these guards were all found guilty of war crimes and executed.
Well, now you're not on Skype, so how could you suddenly go wang, wang, wang like that? Did did Bill sound just do that to your ears? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a landline issue. They do that sometimes also. Yeah, bri- no, it's not bridge over. It's not a bridge over River Choir. Okay, so yeah, no, it's called Merry Christmas, Mister Something. Well, there's yep, David Bowie movies. It's going to be in the list. I'll do it as we speak. Yeah, this is uh, this is the week to watch some of his uh, old flicks. Yeah. I'm going to probably end up watching Labyrinth again, which I haven't seen in many many years. No, I haven't seen that one. Um, oh yeah, I- you've never seen Labyrinth, really? No. No. Oh my God, that's an amazing movie. That's actually the movie that made me aware of who David Bowie was. Wow. Before I knew who he was as a kid, I had no idea, you know. And then I saw that movie, and I was like, "Well, he's awfully flamboyant and weird, but mm-hmm. he's amazing." Lab- and then I started listening to his music, and I was like, "This guy is a great singer, and he really was an amazing singer." Um, you know, the stuff he did even with Queen back in the day, uh, Under Pressure. I mean, he just—he was a great. Wait, great he, he worked with Queen. Yeah, you did. You never heard the song "Under Pressure." He did vocals. No, no, no. But I was just going to mention Queen, weirdly enough, because I love Freddie Mercury's voice Mm -hmm. and Freddie Mercury the person. I didn't realize they did anything together. I'm completely out of it, and you know. But it's fun to learn it when you're ready. I just wasn't ready for it, you know. Kind of. I'll I'll send you the uh, the Black Star album so you can check it out later. Oh wow! It's a a small album. It's only like seven tracks, I believe. Well, he was sick. You know, oh, yeah. and, and as I said, you know, we're all artists here on the radio, whether we all, many of us do other things. You know, we all have our little side ventures. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't call them side ventures, actually. In Bill's case, in my case, in Soroya's case, and in Angel's case, only because you're young, we'll uh, call your young. rap, your <laughs> rap, but you're, you're also interested in movies, TV, the yep. creative side of them. So, yeah, I mean, can you imagine if you've got a set date for your death? you know, a, a particular date that the doctor gives you, um, you can sort of see the beauty of trying to do the thing that is the one thing you try, you've been trying to tell everybody mm. that you've learned. I'm sure that's what uh, David Bowie is expressing. You know, I, I had no idea that he was, you know, sick, even though he looked really frail in that video, but you, mm-hmm. you never know until you, you're confirmed that the person's mm-hmm. sick. So I had really no clue. But, you know, when you now that thinking about it, when you do listen to the album, you could definitely tell he was getting stuff off his chest. Like, yeah. You know, the final That's going to you know, be pretty chilling. Yeah. Pretty chilling. Yeah, it's, I, it takes a different listening to now because now it's going to be different, you know, hearing that album again. After well, the passing. album of uh, that Paul Simon has out called uh, So Beautiful... And so what? But so what? Something like that. So beautiful is what people call it. And it feels like that kind of an album, too. I hope he's okay. I'm sure he is. But it just, I think he's, you know, you feel the wind at your back. You know, you've mm-hmm. been walking a long time. You you know it. So you yep. start you start cutting to the chase more quickly. <laughs> it's tough. Did, did they announce what kind of cancer he had, by the way? Because I'm not aware of it. I didn't guys. look into it. It's the sort of thing. It's the last thing I care about. And, would you know, as long as, the longer I don't know, the nicer the fog is. I like fog on some of this stuff. <laughs> you know, it makes life happier. But I have for you, and I'm going to now cut, uh, cut and paste it, and I'm going to put it into the chat. Uh-oh. And I could I could save this for, maybe it's, a, okay, it's a Star Wars poster of who's the best shot. Should Uh-oh. I save it for Skywatchers? Uh, maybe I should. Because that no, makes you could, everybody you that crazy. Here. You can do that here because it's not the other guy's going to bother you for like yeah. ever. For that Wait one second. So. Bill's yelling down the stairs. What? Oh, Bill just dropped offline, so he's telling me from the upstairs. Balcony. Ah, so he, he needs us to uh, pick him back up. I guess. Yeah. Yep, yep. And and we can bring Soroy on, too, if, if yeah, she's ready, willing and able. I see that she's 
ask her, and I'll, I'll get Bill on the line here real quick. Also, folks. I'll, I'll cut uh, this out later from the archives, so don't worry. Okay, well, well whatever. Um, <laughs> there you go. Angel has created a Skype for everybody if you want to join it. Yes. Um, and how do you tell people to do that? Very easy, very easy. Go to uh, psn-radio.com, and on the very top side where it says uh, listen and chat live, Instead of clicking there, if you just hover over it, it's going to have a drop-down effect. And the drop-down is going to tell God you how to get into the say, Skype chat. Can't you just do a button with a hovering? It's so easy. No, it is a button. It is a button. And then you have when, to smoke a potion. And then you have to... That have comes to when you're listening to the show. When you're listening, right. you can start smoking your potions. But yeah. if you just click on Skype chat, it'll take you right into our Skype chat and you can join the conversation in there or if not just click to chat and you can you know check out the regular chat and room if you're a SN super radio. fan and some people are some are we yes, have yes super fans and we have super fans that are going to be very well rewarded well um, you and bill have super fans I, i'm not sure about no me you have super fans trust me um danny i got super started, friends danny started out as a super fan true it's just like it's just exactly like um art bell and belgab and i'm so i'm so frightened that we're going to lose belgab as a um as a working entity because tonight bill's going to be on the show with heather uh-huh. midnight in the desert and they have been so mean to heather and belgab that the people who like her are just wringing their hands wringing their hands they don't want to get in there and make it worse and tonight bill's going to be on and i'm either going to get in there and make it worse or never even open up the thing one or the other are they still like really writing her hard? I mean, I, mean, I haven't been to Bill Gab in yes. a while, so they will not they, stop. And basically, are you serious? Yeah, there's a thing called 4chan. They send uh, their minions, right. but there's also a group of people on TuneIn that don't like Heather. And TuneIn, I've never bothered to join and join that particular chat thing. I just uh-huh. they, because when I when I go to TuneIn and I try. There's so much. We need your social security number. We need your blood type. We need your <laughs> it's not that bad. Scan. <laughs> and I just say screw it and moved on. And Belgab has always just been quite lively enough. Now, well, you're going to have the problem though, Nancy, is when they ask you for a semen sample. That's yeah, be tough. yeah. <laughs> well, actually, I should collect some and just keep them. I'm sure it keeps in the freezer, right? <laughs> actually, all women should do that just in case something goes wrong. Good idea. Yes. Ay ay ay. Oh, we're in a bad place already. <laughs> Um, does anybody, oh, I do have one, you know, I have a topic, I wanted to give a shout out to Serenity. Okay, Bill can't, no, okay, Bill can't get on. Um, yeah, I, I got him on, but then he got off again, I don't know, and, and wait, I don't wait, mean to prevent I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell him right now, Angel's calling you on the landline, we're not using Skype. Yeah. Okay, well, why am I bleeding? He's like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, getting old is really not for the week. You know what, Nancy? You're not kidding. I broke my leg uh, on Sunday last week, and I right. feel it on every part of my body. Oh, yeah, because your whole body tenses oh, up. No and it kid. feels like you and just got beaten with, you know, a bag of soap. Yeah, no, you know what? It's funny, though, since I've been using the crutches because i got to go to work, right? Um, my left leg, by the way, is getting super strong because you know, <laughs> it's taking all the, uh, you know, the, the weight on that leg. But that left leg is starting to get so, like, sore, and now that's getting swollen from having to yeah. you know, carry all the load. I'm not supposed to be on my feet for another few days to a week, but really? I, I, have, I have to rough it out. I have to go to work. You know, I have to Are you pay still the bills. wearing the boot? I am still wearing the boot. The boot of doom, yeah, the, the Terminator boot. boot, yeah. Yes. Well, I, I, I'm telling you, um, I'm having I fun with the boot, though. I'll tell you this much: I am having fun with that boot. Why? Uh, well, I, there's nothing like uh, walking into a place with that boot. People look at you all different, <laughs> like, man, well, what happened to you, you man? Everybody has sympathy for you. They love you. That's great. Uh, you should put glitter on it. 
then they'll be unsure. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll get all kind of different kind of looks. <laughs> exactly, they'll be unsure. And glitter, glitter really does fix most things. You know, yeah, glitter stays fix in the boot, carpet. Though. It stays everywhere. You know. Okay, that's Bill calling again. I'll mute me. No, I well, won't. I'm, I'm calling. Refresh. I'm calling Bill. He's not calling. Yeah, I know. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm here. Okay, there you go, Bill. All right. Yeah, but for some reason, the um, I, uh, 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 the line keeps dropping, so I don't know why. But we'll, well see. This is what I'm. I'm offering Heather this option. I might as well just say it on the air. It saves us all time. Tonight, show, she can have you either on my headset, and you'll come down here on the couch, and I'll hand you the headset. She merely calls my number on Skype, and it will sound like this. Yeah, or, I can do that. Or you could use the landline, which Bill is using right now, and the. Worry about the landline is he's sitting very comfortably in a chair with his feet up. He could, f- no, he wouldn't fall asleep. I would not do that. But, uh, no, but I, no, because I want to look at the screen because I've got the book in front of me that we're talking about. So you would be happier with the landline. So if Heather wants to make you I would happy, be if the landline is going to work, but for some reason it keeps dropping me. Okay, um, well, the, tonight is our test show, and then Keith will decide or Heather will decide, whoever decides. And you'll, you know, the show will go on. Okay. Well, because I've been on Midnight in the Desert before with this same landline. Yeah, but times change. Everything changes. Each month is different in Skype world and in computer world. I'm telling you, things change. Right now, this month will act a certain way. Two months from now, we'll get a new upgrade of Skype, and it, it, things change. So we're just kind of rolling with it. I could, um, also just bring, I could also just bring the iPad up here and use the speaker. No, don't even go there. And, and Saroy is doing the much, much of the same thing. Or... She's coming in on, I can send you a headset. Oh, wait, you mean for tonight? No, we have headset. No, no. Actually, guys, as of next week, we will probably be in our new studio. Ta-da! Because I've been working on it. And it's literally a room in the house that is called the Red Room because its walls are painted red. Aye, aye, aye. But in a tasteful way because two gay guys lived here before us. And they had – one was an artist, one was a writer, and they had exquisite taste. What? don't give Rich Giordano any fuel. Why? Oh, because he thinks Bill's gay? Bill's not gay. gay? That's a joke. I know he doesn't think I know. He's a gay person. (laughs) He can't pass. But Bill does like show tunes. But anyway, um, if the studio is set up next week, it will be delightful. It's our old microphones that we had forever. I am relearning how to hook that stupid mixer up, and I think I have it. And I'm working with um, I'm working with uh, Mac stuff, so that's why Angel can't help. But Keith is helping a little. Mm Mm-hmm. When he's got a minute, mm-hmm. so and he actually has a minute. It's amazing. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. He, you know, he's. Uh, see, there. Uh, it, it's been a rough time for everybody. I would say, in the Art Bell universe, I think I could say that with no degree of, you know, dispute. It's been hard because you know we were preparing for a lot of numbers, a lot of listeners, wow. and in terms of lots of things, not just we. Not you know. Now we're just finding our ways back to like where we were before. What we, we used to, what we did before, and it's <laughs> yeah. kind of, and it's sort of we we helped build, um, you know, the whole dark matter network. We've been there. We've been there. You and I, Angel and Bill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've been there since all the shows have come and gone. We, we're now, I think, the longest shows on the network. Probably, yeah, I think we are. So, well, Martin Willis is still with them, right? Yes. Yeah, Marty's so, still on it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but we came in way before Marty, I believe. Right, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. we have the longer tenure, yeah. That's what I'm saying. And I mean, by the Marty way... Marty was on Blog Talk for a while, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah, so... Well, a lot of folks have been in Blog Talk, so can't hold that against them. Yeah, now, and then <laughs> some of the... But some of the folks who have left 
dark matter are now with you, like Solaris, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, Solaris, yes, and uh, Blue Raven. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so Solaris is with you, and I think one other so far. Mac Maloney also uh, joined the network, but he's uh, you know playing the archives on both networks also, just uh, like all of us. Like all uh, of us, okay. Yeah, cool. yeah. Uh, Keith is uh, replaying our shows, both uh, Sky Watchers and Future Theater, um, like you said earlier. So I mean, he's replaying the the older episodes, and uh, maybe uh, soon we'll start going live over there again. Who knows? I mean, that's well, all up yeah, in the air right possibly. Now. But yeah. but you you realize, do you not, that the word is not dilute; it is dilute with a T. Do you know that? Uh, okay, where did that come from? Because you are saying that if we go to more than one network, because my thought is anybody who wants to run us, run with it. Because, you know, you'll join our Future Theater $5 a month thing and, you know, we'll benefit. Everybody will benefit. But not if, say, not if they can get it on a bunch of different networks. It'll hurt when... Look, right now, we said a few minutes ago that we were doing, trying to get back the audience that we lost when we went over to Dark Matter, right? Yeah, yeah. Because everybody's like, listen there. Right now, we have about, that would say, eh, 60% of the audience back. Oh, that's better than it was last week, I think. Yeah, last week was about eh, 30% of the audience. Oh, that's so, double. Well, so we it's, doing pre- it's doing pretty good. It's doing pretty yeah. good. But at the same time, we still have that 40% gap that we lost. And okay, but we'll yet. get them back. So, let's, you know, we got to start building. Sometimes we're building back. On. Now, if you start going on different networks at the same time, mm-hmm. what's the point of them listening on one network? You know, they'll... Well, it, 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 well, it benefits each show. If, if It benefits any show that has a subscription service that's giving some kind of a deal or something. And they, or it benefits, it benefits advertisers. Because Look, if, you really want, if you want to do like a membership area, that's awesome. I'm all for it. You, should, you definitely yeah. should do that. And yeah. uh, give exclusive content in there, you know, the magazine stuff, yeah, exactly. cooking recipes, you know, whatever yeah. extra bonus stuff. Show them how to make cookies because you make awesome cookies, Nancy. Oh, thank you. Oh, I'm glad you like them. <laughs> oh, are you kidding me? I've been, I was eating them for like the whole holidays since I got the box. But, you know, mm-hmm. just, you know, put a lot of extra content in there that make, you know, the folks really want to get the membership. That's Awesome. I'm all for that, 110%. Um, you know, that's something you should definitely invest in and, and do. I mean, I think you have the audience for it. It's just okay. we have to, like, you know, show them where to, you know, get that membership. Well, and, okay, but and, if you- yeah. and one night of the week, one of the things that I'm going to do, and this is going to take at least two months to put together from, from inception, is I want to get us back into something that I wanted to do years ago, which was radio dramas, like Serial that's been on. Oh, um, cool. But for us, what I want to do is do the same thing for UFOs. And the first thing I'm, I'm, I'm planning on, on putting together while people are still alive is I've got um, all the sound clips from a lot of the old UFO hunter shows, and I want to bring on people like Stan, like Tom Carey, like Don Schmidt, like Kevin Randall. Nice. I, I want to do one story that is a radio drama, but it's nonfiction, like Serial, telling the story of Roswell from the very, very, very beginning, which was this person, Earl Fulford, who was a truck driver at the, fi- at the, at the uh, 509th um, in, at Walker Field, uh, who actually saw a craft above the runway weeks before the crash, telling that story and bringing it all the way through to um, um, Marion Magruder's, one of Marion Magruder's sons who heard from his father, Marion Magruder was in the um, Air War College, National Air War College class of 1948, 
They were sent so to So you right want to do field. an oral history of your It's an oral history, but I want to do it as a radio drama. Now, um, I, know that, I, like yeah, I know that Alfred is listening, and I hope we get Soraya on soon. Um, I asked... Well, we got a break coming up. Uh, in a yeah, but I want to get around, after, uh, two minutes, before, right? Before three Jack, minutes before, before yep, Jack yep. comes on, because I want. Um, well, she can also ask her questions directly to Jack. So, so either way, right. yeah. yeah. I mean, then come on, but, same time. But, uh, when, but Alfred will remember. I believe it was a woman named somebody Connors. I can't remember her first name. Wendy Sarah, Connors. Sarah Connors. No, Sarah Wendy. Connors? Oh. Wendy Connor. That's the story. The she's the one. Along with Dennis Ballfazer, who but also, interviewed I believe, Walter uh, Hout. Okay, but Wendy. But but before that, and 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 up till a long time ago, um, our friend. Uh, now I'm zoning on his name, uh, Earl uh, James. No, not James Earl Jones. Earl. Not, <laughs> nah, That'd Earl be a hell of a friend Fulford, to have. Earl Fulford. <laughs> not Earl Fulford. Who was our guest? Named Earl. I always call him Earl, but he's got three names, and he's he's a really great radio guy. And he and Wendy Connors. Um, I believe created an archive of old um, UFO folk talking. Uh, it's like a, it is an oral. That was Dennis Ballfazer. Nah, well, he was part of it, but but it's Wendy and it's Bruce Earl. Bruce Earl. What, oh, what oh, Bruce? Errol Bruce Knapp. Errol Bruce Knapp. Yes, yes. And we'll bring him on. I mean, uh, because what yeah. this needs is a good narrator. Errol Bruce Ooh, Knapp would be wonderful. a good narrator. Maybe yeah. Art Bell would want to narrate it. I mean, that would be fabulous. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, awesome. so I yeah. want to do one for Roswell, one for oh, so, Bentwater. So, well, so, yeah, so we have a lot of ideas. But basically, because I'm working like a crazy person on ShadowLawandPress.com, which is our uh, first company, and it's still our strongest, biggest company, and I want to do a radio to support all the books and all the categories because we've done – and that's why I want to get Soroya – uh, I want to have well, we'll do, talk about that in a minute. But we have all we have true crime, we have paranormal, we have all these different topics. You see, and so I want to uh, bring different kinds of shows together, and so forth. So right, we'll, and remember, you know, we'll we also have we also have all the Ted Bundy confession tapes. I know true crime, like. You would not believe. And so basically, we have a lot of content we'd like to. And, and we're, we're trying to put the old companies all back together. Uh, Filament Books, uh, the old team from UFO Magazine. I want to just start doing stuff again. It's been long enough. And tonight's show is a basic dry run of that. Jack Brewer is a valued member of a little group that um, I hang out with that talks about the Emma Woods story. And... Um, Alfred's listening, and he's one of the people, and our friend Jeremy Vaney, our friend Jeff Ritzman, our friend Carol Rainey. These people all support this story, and so, and our friend Lou Sheehan, who's saying hello. And we, uh-huh. also have the, and we also have all the Mickey Rooney interview tapes oh, and the Ava Gardner tapes. Yeah, celebrity. Celebrity is yeah. one of our... Okay, so if, if you want to see an early kind of a, a look-see, the buttons, I'm, I'm just putting the site together as we speak and putting the photos of all the books up. We've done so many books. What a lot of scanning. What a lot of work this is. And you can still buy some of this stuff, on, uh, and I'll put those links up. That's kind of, you know, New Year, getting books up, getting books together, filament books, coming back, coming back. Yep. yep. And we are, let me see. 
Late for oh, break. It is time for our break. <laughs> so we're at the bottom of the hour. Actually, we're off the bottom of the hour. We're five minutes in. So That's we awesome. are your co-hosts, Bill and Nancy Burns, on Future Theater Live on PSN Radio and the Dark Matter Radio Network. And we will be back with our guest, Jack Brewer, and our guest, Soroya, after these messages. And you know how you pronounce her last name? It's Bila. No, Bila. No, it's Bila, not like Bella, only Bila. B-E-E-L-A. That's how, although it's not spelled that way. It's spelled Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction. Are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. Imagine no longer being being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call Key Information Solutions now. 954-973-3374 That's 954-973-3374 Or visit keyinformation.com Look, up in the sky It's a bird It's a plane No, it's supermanhomepage.com The number one Superman fan site in the world Supermanhomepage.com Covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. SupermanHomePage.com For all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. SupermanHomePage.com And we're back on Future Theater Live on PSN Radio and the Dark Matter Digital Network with our guest, Jack Brewer. Hi, Jack. Hello, Bill. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Hi, oh, Jack. thanks for joining us, Jack. Congratulations on your book, by the way. I'm, I, I, was really, I was really happy to see it. Happy to see that you have really plunged into this thing with with a vengeance which is which is great and i love your website and i i have to say one of the things i love most about your website besides your insightful commentary uh 
were the Carol Rainey videos. Mm. Thank you. Yes, sir. I, I do uh, try to blog credible info on incredible topics. And, How and, dare you and, do that? <laughs> and, yeah, it's very unique, isn't it? Right. And in the sidebar, there are indeed some Carol Rainey videos that I think are relevant. Yes. Oh, relevant? I mean, my God, one of the things that Carol Rainey <laughs> does is she basically uses forensic handwriting analysis to show that Bud's premier case, Bud Hopkins' premier case, the Linda Quartilli Brooklyn Bridge sightings, is um, uh, that there is a, a phenomenal disconnect between Bud's witnesses and the handwriting of those witnesses. And one wonders if Linda Cortili wrote all the, wrote, uh, did all the handwriting. I mean, she was basically the person writing Bud and, and, and doing this envelope. Oh, it's, it's unbelievable. Well, I don't think, I don't think, ha, Carol has not come out with her entire documentary yet, has she? She has not. I, I expect a lot more work from, from Carol Rainey yet. And there do seem to be a lot of areas of concern, not only in the Linda case, but the investigators' lack of addressing those concerns in many instances. And by so, investigator, yeah. by, by investigator, you mean who? Uh, Bud Hopkins, as well as his colleagues. It, it seemed to me to be a, a circumstance where, um, I, I think Carol's article, The Priests of High Strangeness, was very accurately, accurately named for that. No, wait, reason. that was in, wait, you can find that in Jeremy Vaney's what? World, someplace. In, in a, yes, it, it is in an, an issue of Paratopia magazine. It's also referenced and linked in my book. The grades have been framed. Yeah, and yeah. and yeah, I I think that it was a very appropriately named article because there was kind of a a group, a good old boy network, for lack of a better term, that some people felt existed, and. They, they not only, not only did investigators such as Hopkins not address certain circumstances that deserved more attention, but the, the rest of the network kind of turned their back on it and, and I kind of make the analogy of the pink elephant in the room that, that they wouldn't talk about or address and there's a lot of pink elephants in the oh in yeah the, i mean she but, catches bud she catches bud flat out lying on video <laughs> i mean flat out lying that uh, that that was stunning to me that that bud was actually i mean and 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 even if it were it's not just that it's only carol that's catching the discrepancies in what bud is saying bud in his own words is lying. I mean, he contradicts himself fundamentally in the videos. Yes, repeatedly. Yes, he does. Um, I, I thought one of the classic circumstances were when she demonstrates that he's sorting through these sketches that he claimed are all done the same way every time of alleged symbols seen on craft and 
by alleged abductees and when she asks well what are you sorting through there and he's he's literally got hundreds of these and she Mm -hmm. knows that they're not all the same and when Mm -hmm. she asks him why don't you show us what you're sorting through there he literally says i want to stack the deck right right, yeah yeah and then he says oh well all of these are alike and, then and he says you it look on, but the, he says this on the on on the video, right? He says all of these are alike, and he says it on the video. Then you're looking at them, and they're actually not alike. And you're wondering, wait a minute, how can they be alike when they're not alike? And then he actually says, well, I'm showing you these for the first time, and yet she actually has video of Bud circulating these to members of his group. Mm-hmm. In other right. words, poisoning the well. For people, he is now going to hypnotize into spontaneously revealing what their experiences are after they've seen the writing. I mean, it just just is astounding. uh, I want to bring in Soroya to the conversation here because she, I asked her to come on tonight because she only just today or yesterday read the whole Jacobs Emma Woods story and is, has no idea about Hopkins. And that he's part of this whole kind of lead the witness, and I'll have a really great book out of it. So I wanted to just throw, and then I also wanted to throw out that Bud Hopkins, uh, at the end of his life, was no longer married to Carol Rainey, but in fact was with Leslie Kane. Leslie Kane. And that's just kind of a shocker to me because Leslie never came on any show and said, well, as my partner Bud Hopkins says, ever. She never ever said that, so I was I was shocked that they were a couple. Um, so just FYI, not that not that being a couple is a bad thing. Uh, I was more shocked. I was more shocked. I, I have to say that the group surrounding Bud, without naming names, but the group surrounding Bud, seeing these videos, isn't troubled by the contradictions in the videos. And, and, and the thing that really bothered me about the handwriting analyses is that on two prior occasions, it was handwriting analysis that closed the case of the, murder, of the 1947 murder of Elizabeth Short, the Black Dahlia, by George Hodel. I mean, the DA closed the case based on forensic handwriting analysis of the killer's letters to the Los Angeles Times and the, and, 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 and the killer's letters to his son. That was one. And then we just basically, in the past few months, had the same issue uh, in the story of Mickey Rooney with uh, his wills, with a handwriting analyst, a forensic handwriting analyst, basically saying that there was a problem with um, the difference between Mickey's signatures on his prior wills and his last will. And so I tend to rely a lot on what a a certified forensic expert witness in court for handwriting analysis has to say about signatures. And the thing with Bud is astounding. I mean, it just shows that the Linda, that the whole Linda Cortilli case is really problematic. And that was his major case. Yes, it, it is. It's very problematic. And I look forward to hearing more from Carol. And I, I appreciate about Carol Rainey that she offers us 
demonstrable circumstances. It's not just story. It's not just he said, she said. She she goes through and systematically demonstrates things that should be questioned, and and that's putting it it mildly. And for people to say, oh, she's just an ex-wife is not a legitimate response to the material she presents. No, and that's well, it's, infuriating, it's a starting, too. It's, it, well, but it's a starting point. You, it, Like any good detective, that's the number one first thing you'd look at. Does she have a history of being angry at Bud, et cetera, et cetera? And I don't think she does. I think this kind of was almost – this is a very reluctant documentary. Um it simply is that she was always filming him in the first place because that's what she is, a filmmaker. Right. So she was not doing this to capture and entrap him. It just happens that his work is on film. And she began to kind of look back over it, I believe. Um, I, I think that's a reasonable point that we, when, when looking at someone's work, the first thing we might ask is what motives do they have for something. But I think what's more important and one of the things I appreciate about Carol's work is that it stands on its own. It's not a matter of do you believe the person or do you not believe them. And that's what I think would be great if the whole genre could get more to, that it's not a matter of arguing one personality or another or, or one belief system or another. But if, the, if we read someone's article and didn't know who it was authored by, is it legitimate? Does it cite credible sources? Is it professional research? And I think Carol Rainey's work definitely passes that test. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I, I absolutely agree with that. And, I'm, and Carol Rainey is trying to call. So, um, uh, uh, Nancy uh, Angel, give Carol the number who's listening right now. Ah, how fun. Okay, the number. What is the Wait. number? The number, wait, I lost it. Angel knows it off the top of his head. I do not. I'm looking. Angel is sleeping here. It's 786-245-8127. So that's 786-245-8127. Carol, so Carol, call in. There's your yeah. number. And call in and, um, you know, join us. Yes. So um, I... I'm also, um, I was fascinated too, Jack, about how you um, both on, in the book, but actually on the website too, what you're talking about, and I wanted to get your opinions on, on this, the, um, obviously there is the um, Stephen Greer artifact, Right, and there was the Lloyd Pye, actually it's the Melanie Young artifact, um, of the Star Child skull. Why don't you compare those for us? Because, I mean, just in my personal, I mean, having hosted Lloyd on UFO Hunters and having actually held, Melanie gave me that actual skull to uh, mm -hmm. examine, um, you know, the real one, not the mock-up that Lloyd made. Um, I, I just want to get your opinions on that because I think, just in my own opinion, that uh, probably... That Star Child skull is one of the most intriguing, compelling artifacts of something that um, if 
all the biology in that skull and all the science about that skull pans out, um, that's irrefutable. By the way, uh, guys, uh, sorry to cut you off, Jack. We have Carol Rainey who just joined the conversation. Oh, hi, Carol. Thanks for joining Carol, us. Carol, please turn your radio <laughs> off in the background. We can hear it. Please turn uh, it off. Uh, yeah, I think I'm on a, on a later um, version of it. <laughs> you, have to, you have to mute the you have, you have to, to mute, mute the radio. coming out the other M- place. Thing. Mute the radio. Got it <laughs> Finally, all right. I did all these different things, but um, well, what's up? Well, we were talking about your wonderful videos, is what we were talking about, and the fact that <laughs> um, I mean, with Jack and Nancy and I were all talking about those videos, and the fact and that. And also, so glad to say hi, Carol. Yeah, hi, Carol. Hi, but, Nancy. I mean, we talking, hi, Bill. And we're talking about your videos and the fact that you actually caught Bud and you caught him. And, 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 and I think, you know, just to use this word, it just in a very benevolent way, as opposed to cross-examining him just in a very benevolent way, how Bud actually literally in the same video contradicts himself and turns mm-hmm. out that he's actually lying about his own evidence. Well, let's uh, let's back up on the word caught him because that's not where I was when I did. Most of the shooting that I did was in uh, 1994, 95, and 96. And we were married in 96. So I, I, you know, very much in love with him, was fascinated with the whole UFO question. It seemed to me not that far uh, separate from all the questions I had about religion and belief and where we came from when I was a, a child growing up in a in a fundamentalist religion. I, there, there's a crossover there that drew me, and I, I wanted to know the answers to these questions. So, you know, with Bud's uh, full approval, I just, I was his own personal Boswell. I was trotting around after him with a camera. Hmm. And I, I was in, uh, he knew that I, I was born a doubting Thomas. So I would always ask the questions, hmm. often off camera, and you can hear me asking questions off camera. But uh, just in the beginning, that documentary was a, um, Oh, now the word went right out of my mouth. It was a, a right out of my uh, my mind. It was a um, it was an advocacy piece. I really wanted to show people how this was something that should be taken seriously and it needed to be looked at by scientists, neurologists, uh, psychologists, sociologists, etc. And it it. it I only began doing rough cut editing a little bit as I went along, but mm-hmm. we had so many huge, you know, financial problems and the house would catch on fire and blah, blah, blah. Well, how much footage I, would you say you have? Oh, anywhere between 100 hours and 120. Wow. But that's, you know, that's kind of my problem now is mm-hmm. I need a lot of money for post-production because it was shot. I got caught right in that gap between uh, analog shooting and everybody doing high di- high def. So you so have to I, you have to digitize it. No, it's it's almost all digitized. Most mm-hmm. of it is, okay. but um, it's it's it looks not as good as 
you know, all my friends shooting in high def. Well, <laughs> so. it, well but, but, but you can frame that part out and shoot new stuff uh, for B-roll. I know, I, I have. Yeah. I've done uh, some, see, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of learning yeah. it from the whole UFO mm-hmm. Hunters experience, B-roll. Right, you can. Yeah. You can, but it's still... I, I wish I had a small team here who could take all my tapes and transcribe them and well, why don't it. why don't we put the word out that you want to form a small team? I think it's possible mm. to kind of begin the process of putting the word out, not even going to the internet stuff, which is almost now it's almost a bureaucracy of its own. You know, they give mm-hmm. me money sites. But we have yeah. a listening audience and we have, you know, the team that you're on for the Emma Woods project let's just call mm-hmm. it um yeah. or the emma woods truth telling project would be better um mm-hmm. you know you know how powerful that group is and how right. you know we were so thrilled to be the lead in to art bell and if art bell ever mm-hmm. comes back and i believe he will <laughs> i sound mm-hmm. like you know i sound like any any cult follower but i believe he'll come it's back it's like mm-hmm. clifford odette's waiting for lefty it's- no, um, no, 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 no! It's waiting. It's waiting for Godot. I got my Beckett. world hat on. It's Beckett, guys. If you if you got to start Beckett. Beckett. I, <laughs> I love Beckett. Beckett is. I love Beckett's wrinkled face, just like uh, Burroughs' wrinkled face. Oh my God! Don't they both have have uh, have uh, face? But anyway, things. I was really thrilled Long about how forever. Jack how Jack. Um, had those clips on on his website UFO Trail, and of course is talking mm-hmm. about the, the, this whole um, cult of um, abduction research in um, in his book mm-hmm. that the Grays are framed. Yes, I think Carol did a great deal of valuable. Um, pioneer work in helping point us in the direction of the right questions we should be asking and noting that these researchers not only don't ask the questions, but in some cases impede progress. Right. I mean, one of the things that uh, that you find out is that, and you, I think you make this point in your book, is that a lot of quote-unquote ufologists, not that there's such a thing, but it's self-proclaimed. A lot of ufologists stake out territory and then look for the specific evidence to reinforce the territory they've staked out while neglecting any contrary evidence or at least not even looking at the contrary evidence, just as if it doesn't exist. So it's really kind of a self-fulfilling, self-reinforcing argument. And part of the problem is it shuts out any other reality and only gives that one reality and opens up the entire field of research to hoaxers, to people who are going to take advantage, to the government, for example. Right, right. Yes. I'll I'll tell you you a quick... bias defined... Yes. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you a, a quick little story. Um, I was just writing up. I've, I've got a, um, an excerpt from um, a, a memoir in progress that will be on, on Jack's um, website before long in the next couple of weeks. So um, I was writing up this section just the other day, and it, it, it showed the, the trouble I got into when I asked questions. Now, what I started out doing was just watching Bud and documenting each of the new intake 
people. So these were people who would write long letters, then he would talk with them for a long time on the phone, and then set up an interview and they would come in and I would serve the coffee, we'd chat and, you know, have have a nice time. And then he would just kind of segue into asking why it was they came to him, for example. And um, then I'd get behind the camera and I'd already gotten permission. But we had been through somewhere around four, we shot 40 of those interviews and I was just keeping a really low profile. I was letting, I completely acknowledged he was the expert in this field. And I was just a fly on the wall, as all cinema verite people are supposed to be. Well, well Carol, and, did, you, did you ever feel that he was flirting while you were filming? And did you say to yourself no. in the back of your no. head, no? Mm-hmm. No, no. Uh-uh. I, he wouldn't do that in front of me. Not <laughs> so, even a little bit? No. I, I, no, not really, no. I mean, he was charming with everybody. He was charming with everybody. But um, here, here's what what happened is we, over a course of a year, I kept watching the pile of tapes, you know, get steadily longer on my shelf. And these were all one-offs. They were us spending a full day with one person who would come in or, or a couple and, uh, you know, like two hour interview, then another two hours with the hypnosis and then a debriefing for another hour after that. And so I've got all this tape piling up. It's all coming out of my pocket. And finally, wow. after a year, I just say, you know, here's my concern, honey. I don't, I don't, know what you're looking for what 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 criteria do you use to select you know the person that you really want to follow and do a a deep dive investigation into as you did with Linda Cortilla or um um I want to call her Debbie but uh Kathy Davis in Intruders Mm. right and he just jumped up from the table and said, you're always denigrating me. And ran out and slammed the door. And went mm-hmm. over and spent most wow. of the night writing a four-page letter to me that I found on the nightstand when I woke up. And that was the letter which said, you don't understand anything about research. That wow. all research um, is, is uh, basically kind of hunting in the dark. And we don't. There's no forethought to to what we are looking for. And he said, in the future, you must avoid um, interfering with my preliminary research. Mm. So, you know, wow. I got... got and and were you I married? Were you married when you got that little yes. note? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, so the, it's... the. <laughs> You know, it's it's not a matter of me catching him in a documentary. I'd already shot most of it by the end of the first year of our marriage. And wow. it's it's just a story of somebody who really believed in that person, in his work. I, I supported him 100% in doing that work until I no longer could. I saw wow. too many of the things that felt false and... Well, one of the things that was so, you know, I, I, I mean, uh, you go back to kind of the original, and I want to bring Jack in on this, because you, you go back to one of the original cases of research into the, 
the phenomenon of alien abduction, which was Betty and Barney Hill, and the right. procedure that Benjamin Simon used, who was, right. a, and the difference between a Benjamin Simon and let's say a David Jacobs, was mm-hmm. that a, a, a Benjamin Simon was a certified, board certified, medical doctor, military, psychiatrist, out of World War II. This was mm-hmm. his specialty. He was dealing right. with, we didn't call it post-traumatic stress disorder back then, but that's what he was dealing with. Getting recovered mm-hmm. memories that were repressed. And, I mean, well, you read the uh, the novel and see the movie Captain Newman, M.D., that was actually the, the story of Benjamin Simon. And so um, you see what he did. And when he was dealing with Betty and Barney Hill, who um, he never told them what he had discovered from their separate interviews, um, regression interviews. And there was never, and, and even until the day Benjamin Simon died, he never believed in his heart of heart, he believed that they believed what they had told him, yeah. but he yeah. never believed that they'd actually been abducted by an alien craft, even though there actually was physical mm-hmm. evidence to, uh, to support that story, evidence that I saw with my own eyes, but um, mm-hmm. even though he, he still didn't think that could have happened, and the only mm-hmm. way the story got out was the person transcribing the um, audio tapes gave it to a mm. friend of hers who wrote for the Boston uh, for some Boston travel magazine? Hence, the story got out. But it's so different from the research that Bud conducted and what David conducted. Although they Absolutely. both point back to yeah, Betty and Barney Hill were their their touchstones. That was the model that they looked towards, and. You know, but, but am, I, am I safe? Would I be safe in saying that all of us would, if the evidence presented itself, somebody found out that the uh, the Barney and Betty Hill were making it all up? Wouldn't we all, to a person, report that? At least I would. And and that's oh, yeah. kind of what, what that's kind of the unspoken. There's there's one of the uh, pink elephants in the room. Um, there are scoundrels mm-hmm. in ufology. Um, they. Mm-hmm prey on people they they basically um are thriving on the lecture circuit there would be no lecture circuit without a lot of crazy people who are themselves crazy and and they are enjoying the power of sitting on a stage and making up stories yeah but i mean we cross paths with betty so many times and this is in in her later 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 years and um in the initial in the initial moments of those revelations, the last thing Betty and Barty wanted was to be the poster boy of uh, ufology because they were an interracial couple. I mean, Bill is absolutely right. right. But yeah, I'm not and, and wasn't uh, wasn't uh, wasn't Barney also part of the uh, Nation of Islam? No, I don't think so. Well, no. I, th- I think it was. Uh, I think it was. Muslim it wouldn't have mattered. Any if nobody would have cared back then. A bill, bill. Oh, I don't know. I don't remember. This is the era of Malcolm X. And... No, 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 no. Uh, that's true, but people wouldn't have... People cared. A, they wouldn't have thought of a black guy in Maine or New Hampshire with a white woman as Malcolm And Malcolm X is the last thing that would come to their minds. If they saw the little hat and stuff, they'd think, you know, black guy <laughs> in New Hampshire. It's, you know, mm-hmm. he's he's just a brave guy. He's living among so many white people. Um, mm-hmm. Is Bill mm-hmm. Beckman? Nope. Tried calling me to pick up. 
Try again. Um, try it again. Yeah. Well, well, he'll pick up. He's um. There he goes. Uh, because you know, there you go. We'll probably put him on this headset for the Art Bell show. It's still the Art right. Bell show. It's Heather Wade. You you have uh, homework to do, Nancy. You got to figure this out by next show, because. Oh well, yes, it should happen. <laughs> it should happen. Uh, there well, are- I would like to. I would like to have Jack talk more about yeah, what Jack. he's found and and putting this whole picture together. Yeah. Well, thank you, Carol. I I look forward to receiving more of your work to post on the UFO Trail, my blog. I I look forward to that. And I my general idea as as I expressed in the grades have been framed is that People have mistreated other people in the UFO community, exploited them, um, deceived them for a variety of reasons. Sometimes those reasons aren't clear, and that ranges from (laughs) investigators and, and writers to members of the intelligence community and those circumstances are documented they have conclusively taken place and that's the case regardless of what paranormal phenomena may also be taking place and I think that it deserves a lot more attention than it currently receives because it's a great deal higher higher proportion of what is taking place than we typically talk about. Well, I mean, when you take a position like that, I mean, how do you define your own particular territory in this regard? Um, By my own particular territory, do you mean like how I conduct research or or my interests or what do you mean, Bill? Well, what I'm talking about is your point of entry into the phenomenon itself. I mean, do you start from a perspective that people really believe uh, that there's a group of people who, who actually believe this is real? Do you start from the position of that there is a whole taxonomy to this field from the point of view of history, from psychology, from documentary research, from physical trace evidence, from physics itself. I mean, where do you, I mean, how do you begin to make the entry into the field? I see. Well, as people like you have documented, there is a a great deal of evidence that something is taking place. My personal interest, very much like Carol described, I, I came at this the same reasons a lot of people do. It was absolutely fascinating, the, the things that were being discussed. However, when I focused upon specifics, they seemed to be fleeting, and that evidence that, that people like Bill and his colleagues have produced is not in and of itself established the things that, that 
some of the more popular icons are claiming to be factual. And so that was what I, I became interested in was the social circumstances and dynamics and that for whatever reasons, and no doubt there's a lot of different ones from, from say, the, the 1950s Robertson panel to the things Ron Pandolfi discussed with Bruce McAbee to David Jacobs and Bud Hopkins and John Carpenter and, and their questionable um, activities. There's a lot of different reasons, but it, it's there. There, there. There's questionable circumstances that when we say, show me the money, they can't. And, and they impede progress of establishing the facts. That's that's very true, and 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 why and what is the, uh, well, the social activity? Around, because there there really is a sociology to this. That's one of the things that really that that I kept seeing in your blog and 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 in your book that there actually is a sociology to this. Oh, I I a hundred percent agree with that. I I think it's fascinating. Yes, sir. Go ahead, Nancy. I'm sorry. Well, I just wondered, were there particular cases that you can cite that uh, where people began to impede the uh, investigation, let's say? Sure. One that particularly comes to mind that um, I described on the Internet as well as in the book was um, a couple years ago, I guess it's been, I, I received an email. I'm on a list of different um, list for the Mutual UFO Network, MUFON, and they had a speaker coming, Barbara Lamb, that claimed that ET human hybrids are real and here. And so I emailed her and um, Jan Harzen and asked for um, documentation of, like, how how do you come up with something like that? A little and proof. It, yeah. <laughs> Right, and Mr. Harzen never replied, and um, Barbara Lamb and I exchanged <laughs> a, a few emails, and um, she, you know, explained hypnosis, her hypnosis clients, and I asked if any third parties had been consulted, any, you know, third parties, objective medical professionals that, that had conducted any research, and she told me that she was in a big hurry and um, didn't really have time to go into that. And when I I encouraged her, I urged her to go into it anyway. And then she she ceased ceased uh, the correspondence. So I think that that is a, an example of impeding the progress that you claim to personally know. Mm -hmm. ET human hybrids and don't have time to get that established. That well, sounds like a Ray Hernandez uh, type of thing that happened. Right, the, it sounds uh, like out and out yeah. fraud rather than impeding. It's actually mm -hmm. starting a whole new category called crazy story. You know, I would you not argue that. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, but but that doesn't take away the fact that. Time and time again, we've all of us, every one of us, if we have an email address, people have written to us with intriguing stories that we don't have any of us the resources to follow up on. 
and yet you kind of file them away. And I could read one a night, literally, easily. I would um, agree with that. No, ma'am, it does not take away from people we've all known, we all currently know, and I, 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 I think that includes Carol as well. That if I'm understanding the the things she's written correctly, she had an appreciation for some of the experiencers and things that had happened in their lives. Well, Carol, did you ever uh, try to guess which ones would be called in or called to the inner sanctum? And were you generally correct? Did you pick the same ones that Bud ended up picking? Is Carol here? Hello, Carol. That's a good question, I hope. Hi, Soraya. I think you might have lost her. I think we lost Carol. Yeah. Okay. Well, oh, we lost that's Carol. A, okay. That's a that's, question to hold on to. Um, you know, did Carol see Carol behind? The, if you're a wife behind the camera lens, you have lots of time to think, and then you've got to rerun the thing, edit it. You have lots of time to hear. My goodness, exactly what was said. Exactly. I mean, could you imagine if I were like in our in our arguments over life with my bill? If we, if I had been taping it and I said, you said this, and he said, no, you said this. Wow. I have a feeling Bill would say very little in that argument. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the but whole I'm just point. Saying, Shut I'm just up. saying, That's... I mean, Carol really, Carol ha- just has him dead to rights, you know. Nobody looks at a, at a guy more deeply than his wife, period. Particularly. Parole officer. Uh, no, yeah. I wanted to ask Jack, <laughs> also, given the the blowback from the folks surrounding Bud Hopkins and then David Jacobs, given the, the tapes that Emma has on her website, that she actually, well, we actually made the recordings of their sessions. What, what, uh, what, what confounds me are the arguments that are being spun about how well these are distorted, these are clipped, these are edited, and, and it's it's basically his voice saying what he's saying. That's yeah, and, and, and Gene, uh, Gene, uh, what? Gene Steinberg of the Paracast. Um, how quickly we forget. He himself is an audiophile. He's a crazy audiomaniac, and he knows how to listen and find if it were doctored. And he himself. Never said they were doctored. Right. Um, he never came forward and said that. Yeah, um, he was pretty adamant that if they were doctored, he would know it. And yes, Emma, he is not, an Emma, Emma always, you know, uh, somehow in a in her early learning of audacity, probably tried to block out private private names and numbers uh, from the tape. And I think that's it. She had not. She just didn't have the skills to do anything up up and down the spectrum of, I the of the effects spectrum of the tape stuff. I guess. But to Jack's point. But to Jack's point, um, um, you have someone here who is conducting therapy who's not a therapist. Who is? Who By is, the way, guys, Carol's back on the line with you folks. Um, okay, Carol, good. Turn it, the radio it, 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 okay, so you've got someone who's conducting therapy who's not a therapist. Someone who's using college stationery to induce her to join his, to become one of his, call it a consultant, an informant, a respondent, whatever you want to call it, a, pay, a client. 
and yet the university's not involved, who's conducting experiments on a human being without getting any permission or without satisfying the requirements of the state of Pennsylvania or, 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 or um, National Institutes of Mental Health, things like that, then actually making a suggestion about a mental illness that he wants this person to manifest without being a doctor, without being a medical doctor, a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's just that, and nobody is calling this out. To cut to the chase, in my opinion, Bill, the Emma Woods case is one of the most stunning and well-documented examples of just incredible proportion of ethical and scientific misconduct. Then when we add to that the confirmation bias and the extents people have gone to try to rationalize why it's not is absolutely the makings of a psychology thesis. It is absolutely stunning. Just I couldn't stunning. agree. I just couldn't agree more. And 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 then this kind of backhanded argument that well, Emma agreed to the whole thing. She was consenting to this whole multiple personality disorder business because she too wanted to throw off the aliens that were trying to penetrate her mind. Well, even before you get to the issue of what constitutes informed consent, even before you get there, which is a legal issue, by the way, even before you get there, there's this whole, there's this fundamental illogic that you've got a person on the phone saying to somebody else on an international phone call, hey, let's throw off the aliens because they're going to think you have multiple personality disorder and they're not going to bother to penetrate your mind or penetrate your body because they think that you have a psychological disorder. Now, if the aliens can penetrate her mind, don't you think, and the NSA can tap a phone call, don't you think the aliens can tap a phone call? It, it's just stunning. I mean, it, it's stunning. I would like to, to say hello to, to our, our other guest. And as Nancy was mentioning, she just recently read, read the article Jeremy Vaney authored. What, what do you think about it? Well, you know, I've uh, I'm still shocked about Bud because as somebody I'm I'm, you know, I grew up on a lot of this stuff and reading it, and it's some of the, it's just wild to me. Like I had no idea until I read that article. Um, I think it's disturbing. Like the way that article opens, I know you're all familiar with it. With it talks about like crazy stuff. I mean, I feel it's funny. I don't ever get embarrassed, and I'm totally embarrassed right now. Um, talks about you know this guy wanting breathe her to in, spend- breathe out. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah. right, but wanting him to, you know, want to also spend... speak up, speak up, because I think you're sure. low. Just um, a little bit. All right. Also, ahead, him Joy. wanting her to send him her no pressure. panties. You know, yeah. that, that was insane. Reading that, I'm like, oh my god! I'm like, and and how can this guy be getting press on anyone's show, let alone a national show? That was insane to me. I didn't know. Wait, any hold on. Of this. So, somebody who's a pervert in ufology, shocking. Yeah. yeah, but also, <laughs> but 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 lots of people like like us and others have 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 laid out the facts. Emma, starting with Emma, but people would rather believe. 
the carnival story because the carnival story is seamless and our stories are always evolving and they're there and you got to read this and you got to hear this and you got to but their stories are delightful they are like little tales you hear around the campfire but the blowback but the blowback that we received in ufo magazine when we published emma's story i mean there was one person who, who basically wrote us, I'm not going to mention the person's name, this guy, wrote us and, and, and said, do you know that it, it was like, I, I felt like this was like the blacklist. Like it was like Joe McCarthy or, 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 or I was now a member of the Hollywood Seven, like Dalton Trumbo. You are really, you are really saying that there's no such thing as reptilian, as reptoids? Is that what you're saying? You are out of the club. You are an apostate, and and really? it was like a it was like I was defying the church. You're going to have to tell me who this is because I I want to know, and I won't tell <laughs> off air. But I mean, yeah, it was it it, it was that it, it, it was a shock, and and then this blowback from from like the kind of intruders group. Um, basically screaming that you are actually have the unmitigated goal to deny that there are reptoid aliens. And the answer was, no, nobody's denying there's a reptoid alien, not that they've ever seen one, but I'm not denying they exist because I don't know whether they exist or not. But what we're denying is the efficacy of a research process that is so fundamentally flawed, so incredibly deceptive, uh, uh, that it actually rises to the level of tortiousness. Tortiousness, but you know what? You said efficacy, and that was a question that Lou had lined up. He wanted to ask, and he's on the Skype chat. Oh, I'm sorry, Lou. No, 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 no. You did, but you said it, and you and you, and we discussed the actual word efficacy. But he wanted to know about the efficacy of hypnosis. But you were mentioning a different kind of efficacy. But you got to say tortious, tortious, tortious. Right. I mean, I think, look, when you send a letter, uh, this was my initial reaction. Jack can comment, Carol can comment. When you send a letter on official college stationery so as to induce someone to join you as a client or a research subject, because the person is looking at the letter of inducement on college stationery. Yeah, but remember her. She but had the college a, she is had a, not involved. But the college right. is not involved. That's intentional misrepresentation. Right. But she That's also important. had a her psychiatrist, her le, her legit psychiatrist, was in the loop at this point. Knew that she was considering Jacobs because of his temple credentials. And yes. then he had presented himself well on the internet as the scholar on this kind of thing. So she was handed off by a real psychiatrist to the care and feeding of uh, Jacobs. And that's the, basically her story. Right. And he was hanging out his shingle as a consultant in this field. Now, of for course, he's changed his entire story. Ever since she began these allegations, he began to call her a stalker, but quietly kept changing his website. And that's where I began to figure he's not legit because instead of standing up to anything and saying, you know, I have the original tapes and here's what really was said, something like that. Um, no, he, he, he said, okay, now I'm not doing multiple personality disorder anymore. 
never did that. And there's another whole bunch of people involved, other subjects. And I think, I don't know how Emma handles those on her website, but Jack, you would know better, I think, you know, how she wants her story to be told and how she handles the other people that were involved. The other people that Jacobs was saying have hubrids PMing them, I think, or IMing them. Yeah, there there are others that have vindicated Emma's Emma's story, and and she has incredibly well documented um, not only the tapes but the timeline and and different circumstances. And um, her website is the Emma Woods Files, and it's all there. And the the kinds of things you're discussing, I think, are very valid points. I appreciate Soroya's point that it is disturbing material, and it reminds me of one of the things Carol has has written about a number of times that that I appreciate, and that's that people who are not trained mental health professionals who do not stay current on the the information written by people like Elizabeth Loftus, um, Chris French, Julia Shaw, C.A. Morgan, uh, Scott Lillianfeld. There's a number of qualified experts that address this stuff. And those who are not qualified experts who do not read the journals and stay current on the material are not qualified to deal with the situations that may arise in what are more traditionally therapist-client relationships, much less by long-distance telephone. Right, exactly. And, 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 and nowhere in any of these discussions was the whole issue of transference and counter-transference addressed because that's what's going on here as well because you are seeing this relationship when you go through the tapes you're seeing this relationship build that is getting more and more personal and basically intimate as the situation progresses and it, it, it's moving Emma more to a position where she's almost being conditioned to believe that there are reptilians that are visiting her at night, that are monitoring her bodily functions, that are having sex with her, that are in her mind, and that are now in this kind of paranoid vision of being attacked, attacking David as well. And it's really a a strange kind of interaction, but... It's perfectly understandable from the point of view of transference and countertransference, which people who are not trained in this field completely don't understand and step into like stepping in a in a swamp. I think those are valid concerns. Um, it, as I said, it's just an absolutely stunning case from statements made under hypnosis long distance that are extremely questionable ethically one of the biggest problems i have with with the whole shooting match is that that some of these investigators claim to be conducting scientific investigation and they're presented by an organization mufon that claims to be dedicated to scientific study and I, I mean, just to really call a spade a spade, it's an insult to intelligence because, of course, the scientific 
process requires certain um, standards of evidence and, and it, it is an absolutely mutually exclusive set of circumstances to use hypnosis as an investigative tool and call yourself conducting scientific research. They're, well, they're simply mutually exclusive. Well, there, okay, so there are two points here. One is, obviously, um, I wanted to get to uh, your, um, uh, the James Callion article, because you brought up MUFON, that's in your book. That's on the one hand, but the other stunning thing for me, and I think um, uh, MUFON was uh, kind of the production facility. They were the experts in this, um, I think it was Discovery Channel's UFOs over the world. And that was an episode, and that was a very short live show that I think ran either right before or concurrent with UFO Hunters. And in their first episode was this kind of person who said he was a witness to seeing these alien creatures. I want to say North Carolina, my memory fails me, but it was in some rural area. And so the MUFON investigators did two things. They first, the person agreed to undergo regressive hypnosis, which the person did and told a very stunning story. And it was great TV, even though hypnosis on TV is as boring as can be, but it was, but it, but it was very compelling. And then the person was um, submitted himself to a lie detector test. And the um, operator of the polygraph came back and said, the person's lying. He's not telling the truth. Now, so you have this absolute discrepancy, supposedly a true regression revealing a story that a lie detector test said was false. Now, I could, I could actually parse that so that it makes sense. That doesn't bother me. But when you get to the point of view of science, what they didn't do was address the science of how that discrepancy could possibly exist because nobody understood it. And that's what bothered me the most, that it's a show ostensibly about science in which there was no science. Right, right. I, I think I could add to that that where they're really dropping the ball with claiming to be conducting scientific study is if real estate is location, 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 then alien abduction should be forensics, forensics, forensics. And they're actually impeding that kind of research. They're not, um, they're not doing what what are affordable and cost-effective um, tests that could be done on these alleged hybrids. Um, the, the people, the women that claim to have been breeders or, or had um, the disappearing fetus syndrome, um, qualified experts such as Dr. Tyler Cokejohn inform us that simple blood draws can be done years after the fact that might might uh, reveal relevant information on on such circumstances, and um, not to mention just swabbing a door handle or or something. There's all kinds of stuff that could be done, but as Bill points out, can continue to be relying so heavily on witness testimony, and then to add insult to injury as retrieved during hypnosis is. Um, sim simply not scientific work. 
and as and as Liz Loftus, Elizabeth Loftus, Professor Loftus. I mean, I know her because she was the the dissertation advisor to one of my writing partners at University of Washington. But as she has said, is that false memory? People think that false memory is this strange kind of mystical woo woo thing, and it's not. It's a perfectly legitimate provable, repeatable type of psychological phenomenon that occurs even in the mildest of situations. I mean, you don't need to be hypnotized to be the victim of false memory. Um, su uh, suggestions can be very, very subtle, and they can alter certain aspects of memory. And so that's one of the things that she has written about. And when you add to that this this deliberate, I mean, and as Carol has shown in her videos, you, you have these people discussing their abduction experiences in group amongst themselves, then undergoing regressive hypnosis to basically reveal what they just discussed in their group. Right, right. And absolutely, the, the manner the questions are worded has been shown in clinical tests, repeated, peer-reviewed again and again. As you say, Dr. Loftus, Loftus is an award-winning mental health professional that has demonstrated that the way the questions are worded, the terms that are used, um, have bearing on the outcome. And that, that carries a great deal of weight to the UFO community and the way that investigators uh, qualify and, and ask things. And I can give you a great example myself of how simple it, it can happen that because I've taken the responsibility to learn about some of these things, I like to think that I have, have maybe a little better ability than most to recognize when it happens. But I used to live uh, a little bit west of here, and in my old neighborhood, there were some changes made, and someone had told me about those changes, and, you know, I'd been thinking about it and whatnot, and then somebody the other day asked me, have you been by and seen the old neighborhood, and I thought about it a second, and I was able to tell them, I don't know, I can't remember, because I was told about it, and I envisioned the changes, and now I don't know if that that's a memory of what I was thinking about or if I ever actually went and looked, you know? Yeah. So, so it, it's a very normal, natural, human characteristic. It doesn't mean you're flawed or there's something wrong with you. It means you're human. Right, and memory is actually something that's trained as well. I mean, when, when we were at the FBI Academy a million years ago, um, w one of the things that... Um, uh, that they teach n n new agents at Quantico, uh, both for the FBI and for the DEA, is basically how to try to focus yourself so that when you're at a crime scene and you're going to testify as to what you're seeing, that you make it a point to just notice certain markers that are going to keep your memory intact of a certain sequence of events. Um, and, and, and that's something that is very, very trainable 
for people who were going to become professional and, and police and FBI agents and federal officers are professional witnesses because they have to testify in court um, as to certain crimes. And those testimony can send people away for a long, long time in very awful jails. So um, th that's how they're trained. But, uh, you know, when you get down to this, uh, 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 this whole notion of, of, of how these types of uh, quote-unquote therapists can actually create false memories. One of the episodes we had in our third season of UFO Hunters was about this couple. Um, they were promoting their videotapes of their abduction. And they'd convinced basically um, a therapist who did behavioral modification. So she's not a regressive memory person, okay? She's just behavioral modification, stopping smoking, uh, controlling your diet, that kind of stuff. And so in the course of her interviewing this person under hypnosis, she keeps saying, and what do the aliens say to you next? Wow. <laughs> well, let me add, let me add another sort of confounding factor. Um, I, I certainly can't speak to what, other um, researchers do, but I do know that before Bud would begin an interview with someone in person or before he would have the hypnosis session in person, he would spend, uh, you know, a varying length of time having discussions on the telephone with this new person who was concerned they might be uh, an abductee. And in the course of that discussion, I think a great many cues got dropped into the person's mind. I really do. And in fact, in one case, um, Frank Soriano, and I, he was a prison guard. He's retired now um, uh, from upstate New York. But I have him on tape telling me, you know, Bud Hopkins told me in the first first time we spoke on the phone, he said, well, Frank, I think you've made UFO history. And I said to him, what? What did I, what did I do? Frank had uh, a piece, a clip of video of this pe peanut-shaped thing that crossed the sky over his house. And it had been vetted by Bruce McAbee. And uh, so then he, Frank talked to Bud and Bud said, I think you've made UFO history because I think you're the first person who's ever videotaped the saucer that then abducted him into it. So wow. then Frank comes wow. to the house and, you know, what under hypnosis, what is he going to say? Right. First, he walks in with uh, his book and Dave Jacobs' book under his arm, and he read everything in the field. They watched Intruders together, the miniseries. He, the, the man has so many different sources of information in his head. You, there is no way you can separate out what's real from all of the stuff that was fed into him, you know, consciously, unconsciously, deliberately, not deliberately, ignorantly, or, you know, with full consciousness. There's just no way to separate it out. But then I have him on tape, and he very, very reluctantly says he sees the bottom of the craft, and he thinks he's going through the roof of his kitchen, 
And, but each time he says, I, I don't know if this is real or not. I don't know if this is real. And Bob will say, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Just keep, keep going. We'll figure out what's real later. Is that the correct mm -hmm. procedure that's, Bill might know. No, No, No. it's not a correct procedure. Basically, he's basically (laughs) admitting to himself that he doesn't know what he's seeing. Oh, that's what, that's what front loaded means. Yeah. Ah, he was, was front loaded on, on the telephone call. On the telephone call, he was told he was an abductee, and he he left that house an obsessed man, and Bud never called him back. Wow! Well, so, and that's when, part of the problem, Carol. Because what you do is you mm-hmm. convince. Look, I'm guilty of that too with this one episode of UFO Hunters, but but that was. I think I was doing something legitimate. But anyway, and besides it was TV. But the point is that um, when you're dealing with someone in that kind of state, you just, you just can't it, – it, it, it goes beyond medical malpractice because it can't be medical malpractice because you're not a doctor. But it is, it, mm-hmm. it is a form of, 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 of abuse. Is really what it is. Right. I mean, there's no other way to uh, there's no other way to um, yeah. mitigate it. I mean, you know, in, in the in the defense of uh, Bud and Dave and anybody else who used hypnosis like this, starting in the let's say early '80s, um, I think most of the public, even lots of professionals, thought that our memory was like a piece of analog video, uh, audio tape, videotape. We, that whatever event happened to you was laid down on a strip of tape and all you had to do to bring it back was to rewind your memory. And then, you know, voila, you would pull it up um, as a whole piece. And we know, we have, we have learned over the last decade that is absolutely not the way memory does work. Now, what I know is that Bud was unwilling to go in and read any science to relearn, you know, his earlier concept. So I think in the beginning, he started out using the concept that even some professionals were using. Well, you know where that comes from, don't you? Uh, You know where that started, right? That started all the way back in the very early, in the very late 1940s, 1950, at um, uh, McGill University, uh, medical school, <laughs> where um, where it, it was Wilder Penfield, who was a psychiatrist, who was conducting mm-hmm. experiments on human beings, um, right. implanting electrodes uh, on top of this um, of their skulls, and that would elicit specific memories. Right. Those were right. experiments funded by the CIA. That was the dawn of of MK Ultra. And the only reason they were experimenting that way was that um, at, during the Korean War, um, the Soviet Union was infiltrating the United States with deep cover, heavily conditioned um, spies, KGB spies. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. CIA had no way to uncover that. And so they were experimenting with what Wilder Penfield uh, was doing. And that eventually became the book of all things um, I'm okay, you're okay, and the games people play. That became transactional psychoanalysis, yeah. Thank you, em- um, Engelbert Humperdinck, and that was that. 
Don Bandere comes from McGill, and he was one of Bud's staunchest supporters. Well, he's also a very active person on social media, or at least he used to be a long, long time ago. Because I remember mm. his name on a forum called God Forsaken or something, God-like productions. Oh, God-like, God-like productions. Yeah. Yeah. A very active forum. It makes a little bell gab look like a kitty waiting pool. And he was, I believe, did he also, this guy Don, get involved with this, with the Burrish story? And there, there, Jack, there is a story for you. Oh, Dan yeah. Burrish. Ooh, there's one. Dr. Doctor Don Derry was a big supporter of those um, alien sketches or the 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 sketches that that the alleged abductees claim to see uh riding on the ships that we were discussing earlier the video in which hopkins said he was stacking the deck don derry was a a big supporter of those and um i i think the the bottom line here is Professional research identifies standards of evidence. As Carol was saying, she was asking Bud, what is the criteria? What are you looking for? It it recognizes standards of evidence. It it has measurable goals and objectives. It um, comes from different sources, and it can be corroborated. And if we're just getting stories through hypnosis, it's not our responsibility to accept them or invalidate them or believe or not believe. It's the responsibility of the investigators presenting these stories to validate them and corroborate them. And that has not happened to date. And the the peop- all people, regardless of whether they're experiencers or believe they've seen something or not, deserve to be treated respectfully and with dignity and above board. And that's not happening either in a lot of circumstances. And I think the, those are some things that need a lot more attention. It, yeah, they do. I mean, that's that's obviously one of the issues. You are you are dealing with a field in which there's absolutely no academic certification, nor is there a clinical certification. There is no board of certification. There is nothing. You can be a ufologist by simply declaring yourself a ufologist, um, going online, writing about cases with absolutely no scientific expertise whatsoever, and suddenly um, you're a ufologist. And that, and then and that really coast. bothers me. Right, right. And and all research doesn't have to be scientific. Mine is not. I, I just am interested in the social aspects of the community. I write about things, but I cite my sources. I explain my, my ideas. I differentiate between... Um, suppositions and, and things I can demonstrate as factual and and those are standards of, of evidence and reporting where other people claim to be conducting scientific investigation which simply is not right I mean uh, we had an approach for example 
on UFO hunters, which was essentially not to prove that something was real, but to go after what the debunker arguments were to see if they held up to scientific testing. And if they did, then they were plausible. If they didn't, then there had to be another explanation because the scientific evidence, because the scientific evaluation of a certain debunker argument failed. And probably the, uh, the most important one, at least for me, for that experience was over at Bentwaters where the big argument was that the people that were looking for these lights floating in the woods were actually looking at the Orford Ness lighthouse that was supposedly playing its spotlight across the um, or a Rendlesham Forest, and that was leading this Air Force security team headed by Charles Holt on a merry chase. So, so that was the core debunker argument, that it was the lighthouse. And that was the reason for the light. And so, obviously, if you're investigating that, the one place you're going to go is the lighthouse which nobody went to that were those promulgating that theory never went to the lighthouse. Had they gone to the lighthouse, they would have discovered there was a metal bar over the lighthouse along the bottom of the, um, of the window that actually prevented the light from playing across the forest. Mm. So, so it couldn't have happened. Then the other thing was we took GPS waypoints um, from where Charles Holt said that there was an object in the clearing that was very, very bright, so bright, in fact, and here was the, here was the forensic evidence, so bright, in fact, that the windows on a farmhouse on the other side of the clearing were glowing as if they were on fire. So if that's what he saw, then what you do is, you lay out where the light would have been from the lighthouse, what the position is on a GPS, where the object might have been sitting in that clearing where he said it was, and where the farmhouse was, where the windows were reflecting the light from the object. So we went out into the field, took GPS waypoints, built a scale model, exactly the scale of that particular landscape, and lo and behold, the light was in an entirely different place, so it could never have played off the windows in the farmhouse. It had to be something else that was glowing, that was playing off the windows. Of course, the icing on the cake was the whole event was witnessed by somebody in a watchtower because RAF Bentwaters was a nuclear storage facility which required somebody in the watchtower 24-7 who saw the whole stupid thing. But the point, and I don't mean it was stupid, I'm just saying who saw the whole thing. So, so, um, so I mean, that to me was the archetypal, was the archetypal approach to how you do something like this. Mm-hmm. You, you, you can't prove that it was a UFO. You can, only, you can only say if the argument was, here's why it was not a UFO, does the argument work or not? Right, right. I understand what you're saying. In, in some circumstances, um, the 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 debunker a- actually isn't any more feasible than than some of the more outlandish claims. In, in exactly. some circumstances, yeah, but exactly. Don't, but don't forget the the whole media that that gives the story they want you to know. 
um, they have better writers, no offense, than the amateur media that's trying to get the story out. So sometimes, um, sometimes you need to intervene. I, I thought, I always thought we at UFO Magazine brought a little bit of big media wrapping to getting the stories out like Emma's story by putting it on the front cover um, and trying to make the, the real media catch on. But so what I'm saying is lots of times the, the best UFO researchers are not their own best ambassadors uh, when getting the story across, as you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, Sometimes they wear their hearts on their sleeves, and I'm thinking of Frank Fascino, who his first publishing venture went south. It was very sour to him, and it took a while to recover from it. Um, you know, but yet his story is without a doubt. Uh, should his story should have gotten a Pulitzer? Okay, it's such a great, great book. Period. If the mainstream media would consider that we had a shooting war with. Flying saucers in 1952, you know, our history would be written properly the way that now Tesla is appreciated. Right, but the problem is that there is a framework within which media will report stories on the other side of which they won't. I mean, I it 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 just drives me crazy. Yeah, but you're kind of in both worlds. I am exactly. You're getting filmed on Friday for the other world, the celebrity world. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So eventually you might be one of the bridges over troubled waters they, that combine the two worlds. It's like, Bill, we know we know we depend on your word in true crime or yeah, well, the last thing you want to do. The last thing you want to do in a book on Mickey Rooney is to say that Mickey Rooney's father-in-law was was working for Kelly Johnson at Skunk Works and probably was at Roswell in 1947. Yeah, I know. We did a show Talk on about that. torpedoing a book. Yeah. Look up Rooney. Look up Jan. Who, what Rooney did we have on the show that night? It was Jan Rooney and her sister Rona Riley. Yeah. And Jan's father was Red Chamberlain, who yeah. was in the Army Air Force in the 1940s. Yeah, look up and, Jan Rooney in the guest list. Always go to the guest list of Future Theater. You'll find all kinds of people have talked to us. They are, they are difficult lines to walk and um, different cliques. And, and and social circumstances to navigate, and I appreciate Bill and Nancy and Angel and Soroya that you you provide this venue and have given me an opportunity to speak my piece and the Emma Wood story, and I appreciate that as well as um, the the whole book can, contains circumstances like that, and and well, thank you. As we get to the end of the show, how can people find your book beside going to futuretheater.com and clicking on the link? How can how are you selling your book? Are you selling it through Amazon, et cetera? It is on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Yes, ma'am, it is. You can read about it at my blog, The UFO okay. Trail, or you can get it on Amazon and its title is The Grays Have Been Framed Exploitation in the UFO Community. Yeah, and it's a much needed book and maybe um we can talk uh as I revive Filament Books. Anybody who used to be in Filament Books would absolutely love uh to come back again and have that come up again. And so maybe we could publish your book in filament books also and get the word out. And we're very generous. You You know, and it's just another, you know, it's like 
get the word out as many people as possible. So that's a little bit down the pike. And um, we're going to sign off because we're out of time, and I've got to jump on the next show. Oh yeah. So we will now and say so. We will now wait, say goodbye. Wait, um, I'm going to tell you who our guest is next week. Uh, oh, Ken Johnston. Ken Johnston is our guest next week. Exactly, yes. and I'm uh, I am working on somebody for the 25th. So thank you to our guests. Thank you, Jack Brewer. Thank you, Carol Rennie. Thank you, Soroya. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Angel. I have um, one more shout out. I have to do. Mm-hmm. I have to give a great big shout out to White Crow. And White Crow. Everybody knows why. White Crow. This is White Crow signing off. Okay. So this okay. is Future Theater. We are <laughs> co-host Bill and Nancy Burns on Future Theater Live on, on, on PSN Radio and the Dark Matter Digital Network saying good night and we will see you next week. Thank you. Death.